Well, it's my uh, privilege to be able to share with you for a few minutes tonight uh, the Word. And so uh, we're going to get ready to do that. My message tonight is kind of a, uh, a mixture of the last two things I feel like the Lord had spoken to me uh, that I've uh, been able to minister. Once was out here on uh, this is a, a new season, a new season. And then the other uh, message that I ministered in early service last week was uh, I talked about why Jesus came. And so tonight it's going to be a kind of a combination of both of those. But how many of you sense uh, that God is bringing us to the precipice, to the transition into a new season in our life? And you know, the difference between natural seasons and spiritual seasons is natural seasons come and go without any of our input, but spiritual seasons in our life uh, require our involvement. And how many of you are getting involved with your faith? How many of you are getting involved with your trust? How many of you are getting involved with vision and the promises of God to see God open the door to transition into the next season, the new season that God has for you? And that's what we want to do. We want to be participators and not spectators in the earth. Jesus taught us to pray, Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was talking to His Father. If the will of God was going to automatically be done in our lives, you know, sometimes you people will say, you'll hear people say, and this is wrong theology, well, if the Lord uh, wants it to happen, it'll just happen. But that's not what Jesus showed us. It's not what He taught us. It's not how He mentored us. He said that we need to stand and believe and ask God for what His will is to be done in the earth. Are you asking God? Are you believing God? Are you standing for God to bring heaven to earth in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your future? Because if we're not, the season's not going to change. But if if we believe God and we ask Him in the name of Jesus, how many of you know that He's always faithful? Can you say amen? So a new season. Let me let me just read you a scripture. I, I quoted it last time. I read it last time. Um, uh, you may jot this down. I, I really encourage you to read it and make it a part of your reading during this during this season of transition. It's in Song of Solomon chapter two, particularly in the Passion uh, translation. And I'm going to read um, beginning with verse eleven. It says, "The season has changed." Everybody say it has changed. Maybe you haven't seen it yet, but in your life, how many of you know that you can speak prophetically to your season and you can declare that your season has changed? It says the season has changed and the bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. Are there some... Is there a season in your life that you want to believe God to see that it's over and that it's gone, that He's bringing you into a new season? The rains have soaked the earth and left, a bright, and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. And then He poses the question, Can you not discern... The new day of destiny that is breaking forth around you. The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. He says there is change in the air. And we speak that prophetically over our lives and over our church and over our community. That there is change 
in the air. Say that in your car right there where you're at. Think about your season and what needs to change and declare over your season that there is change in the air in Jesus' name. It may have been this way for a long time. It may may look like it's never going to change. Maybe you and I have been filled with doubt and unbelief, but tonight's a good night to get a hold of the promise of God. And God is saying to us that there's a new season on the horizon if we will take hold of his word and his promises and put our trust in him and begin to say what he's saying. Do you know that it's important that we say what he's saying? That our speech has to line up with his speech. When we begin to say what he's saying, then it becomes that two-edged sword in our hand. And so we declare that uh, it's a new season. But I want to tie that in tonight for a few minutes on the topic of why Jesus came. As we're in the Christmas season and the Christmas season can get very busy. Uh, does anybody agree with that? It can get very busy with lots of things. And in the midst of all of those things, sometimes it's easy for us, even the, even those of us who really love the Lord, to sometimes not keep at the top of our list what this season is really all about. And we know the little trite phrases like Jesus is the reason for the season and all those kinds of things. And we believe that. But I I believe that God wants us to keep at the forefront of our heart and the forefront of our minds and the forefront of our lips. Uh, What are the reasons why Jesus came on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago. Let me just quickly read you a couple of scriptures to kind of get us back into uh, that mindset, the Christmas mindset, what Christmas means to you and you and I. Um, In Luke chapter 1, the scripture says that in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin who was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one the Lord is with you blessed are you among women but when she saw him she was touched uh, troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was and the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God and listen and behold you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, Jesus, the redeemer, Jesus, the salvation of the world. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Luke chapter two in verse seven, the scripture says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Are you thankful that 2,000 years ago that Jesus came to the earth for you and I? But I, to pose the question as to why Jesus came, and there's a number of reasons why Jesus came, and it's important for you and I to understand why He came because those reasons have a major impact on our life if we understand them and we embrace them and we're able to walk into them by faith. They have the ability to transform our lives. We make Christmas about gift giving, 
But how many of you know that on the first Christmas, Jesus is the one that taught us all about gift giving because he came and he gave the most indescribable, matchless, life transforming, priceless, loving gifts that have ever been given. And in John chapter one, verse one, the apostle John wrote in the beginning was the word. How many know the word was Jesus? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, that's through Jesus, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Verse 14 says, And the Word, everybody say Jesus. We're talking about why Jesus came. Jesus came to this planet for a purpose, and the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. Does anybody besides me think that's so amazing? That was the plan of God before the foundation of the world. The Word was made flesh. And He dwelt among us. He came in a manger. Dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. The only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and full of truth. Aren't you thankful It doesn't say he was full of the law. It says Jesus came and we beheld the Father's glory and he was full of grace. Jesus came to show us what our Heavenly Father really looks like, what he really acts like, and what he really has to say over our lives. I love that. It's one of my favorite things to think about. You read Matthew, Mark, look the life of Jesus and you can know who your heavenly father is. Secondly, Jesus came to fulfill the father's plan for us. Aren't you thankful that the, his journey began in a manger, but it ended coming out of a tomb because there was a plan to save us and redeem us and buy us back and put us in relationship with the father. Thirdly, Jesus came to reveal the father's will for us. How many of you know his will is, tell, is told to us in John 10, 10, we know the will of the enemy is to come steal, kill and destroy, but the will of the father is to give us life and life to the full life more abundantly and jesus came to show us that abundant life and number four jesus came to release the father's power to us aren't you thankful that he didn't leave us helpless but he sent uh, he sent the holy spirit to dwell on the inside of us and he made us tabernacles of his presence and he gave us his power so that we could live on this earth an overcoming abundant life I'm not going to be able to talk about those tonight, but I want to talk to you um, about something else. Real quick, let me share something personal with you, though. Um, Two of my favorite things in life outside of uh, my wife and my children and my family, my family and, and the Lord, two of my favorite things in all the world are sunrises and sunsets. And if you checked the photos on my phone, you would find a lot of pictures of sunrises and sunsets. And sometimes you may even pass me on the side of the road with my hazard lights on because if I catch a sunset or I catch a sunrise that I really like, I'll stop and take a picture of it. A picture of it. Let me show you real quick, back up to the very first one. So let me show you. I know most of you can't see these, but uh, do your best to see it. So this right here was a sunrise, and this is out in front of 112 post oak road this is out in front of my house one morning after i'd gone out for a little a little jog it's a beautiful sunset i mean sunrise this is early in the morning as the sun is coming up let's go to the next picture 
Most of you know recently the Lord uh, blessed me to go as an extension of victory uh, to Egypt. And uh, one of the places that we stayed was on the Nile River, our hotel was. And this was where I was having my prayer time one morning uh, at the dawn of the day as the sun was coming up over the Nile River. This is the Nile River. I don't know if uh, you can see that or not, but let's go to the next one. One of the other things that I got to do was... Uh, to go to the top of Mount Sinai. Uh, we hiked up there. We started at 1 a.m. in the morning and we hiked all the way to the top. It was about a four and a half mile hike. It took us a little over four hours to get there. You do it at night. You do it in the dark because if you Google what are the top 10 sunrises to see in the world, the number two sunrise they say that you got to see if you're picking out sunrises is from the top of Mount Sinai. And so to stand at the top of Mount Sinai right there where Moses stood and he tabernacled with God up there, that was an amazing sight to see as the sun began to come up. Look at the horizon. As far as you can see, you can see the curvature of the earth. Uh, I love to see sunrises. And lastly, here's one more as the sun was coming up just a little bit more, can you go to the last one right there? Those are the, the, what you couldn't see in the dark, but those are the mountains surrounding Mount Sinai. So I love sunrises. Does anybody like sunrises or sunsets? I love to watch the sunrise. I love to watch the dawn. What is the dawn? The dawn is a distinct period of time that occurs at the very end of the night. How many of you know that will preach? The dawn is a distinct period of time that occurs at the very end of the night. Dawn begins with the first sight of lightness in the morning and it continues until the sun breaks the horizon. I love dawn because dawn speaks to me about a new beginning. Do you love to see the sun come up in the morning and there's something about it that just says to me that today is a new day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. This day wouldn't be happening if God didn't give it to us. It's a new beginning. A dawn speaks to our lives of giving us a fresh start. It's a transition from darkness to light. Dawn speaks to us that it's a new season. Can you prophesy over yourself tonight that there's a dawn taking place in your life? That there is a transition from darkness to light. I love that it says that it's a specific period of time at the very end of of night just before the break of day. So lastly, tonight, I just want to mention real quickly, I've only got about 20 minutes, right? 15 minutes. Jesus came to the earth to release the Father's light into our lives. Everybody say the Father's light. To bring the dawn of a new day to all of humanity. Let me read you a scripture that's in the book of Isaiah Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before Jesus showed up in Bethlehem in a manger. And this is what he prophesied 700 years. It's a verse that you will recognize and know, but it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son, capital S, O-N, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. You know, it's not on the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents. How many of you know that this world is in God's hands? And it says, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. How many of you know Isaiah was right on track? When he began to speak, seven centuries before Jesus ever showed up in Bethlehem, from the lineage of David, he was prophesying that he was going to come and that there was going to be a new day for all of humanity. And it's really good news, but it's even better news if you understand the context in which this scripture was prophesied or it was penned. See, it was prophesied specifically at that time over two tribes of Israel. There were 12 tribes, but there were two tribes of Israel in the northeast region of Israel called Zebulon and Naphtali. And this was the region that first went, in, went, went into captivity during the Assyrian invasion. Now, I'm not going to give you a great long history lesson, but what you need to know there was these two tribes were the first two tribes that were taken captive by the Assyrians. And they were in bondage. And they were in darkness. And they were in chains. And they had been removed from the land that had been promised to them. And this, this scripture... Isaiah was prophesying that this land of Zebulun and Naphtali was going to be the first land to enjoy the blessings of the ministry of Jesus sometime in the future. For his works were going to be done first among these two tribes, the ones who were first in bondage, the ones who were first broken, the ones who first were taken away. The scripture says that their honor would be to host the life and the miracles of the Prince of Glory, the Messiah. Isaiah is prophesying the ministry of Jesus that would reverse the curse over that region. How many of you know Jesus is the only one that can reverse the curse over every region? Everybody put your hand on your heart right here and say, Jesus can reverse the curse over this region. Touch the people in your car and say, Jesus can reverse the curse over this region. Jesus is the only one who can dawn a new day in our lives. Now listen to the scripture here. Let me see. All right. Okay, I'm going to read it from you. So the scripture says, so at this in Matthew chapter 4, we fast forward 700 years. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus had been born and Jesus was about 30 years old and he was about to begin his ministry. And you remember his cousin John the Baptist who was born of Elizabeth, had gone before him to prepare the way for him. And the scripture says in Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 12, it says, Now when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and he lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali. So that... What was spoken by the prophet Isaiah would be fulfilled. The land, and this is a, this is a quote from Isaiah chapter 9. This is what Isaiah prophesied. And this is why Jesus went to their country. It says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. 
See, when Jesus' presence showed up, there was a new dawn in Zebulun. There was a new dawn in Naphtali. And they, they had been taken away into bondage many years ago, but Isaiah prophesied that there was going to come a dawning of a new day. And that new day was going to appear with the presence of Jesus. And how many of you know that when the presence of Jesus shows up and it intersects our faith and our trust in Him, that it's a specific period of time that comes at the end of darkness and it's the breaking of a new dawn, a new season, a new transition in our life. Are you thankful that Jesus can bring a new day in our lives? In the place where devastation had robbed hope, Jesus appears. See, Jesus chooses the places in our lives where we have the most disgrace and the most hopelessness and the most shame and and the most darkness and the most brokenness. And there He comes with a new dawn. There He comes to shine a new light. See, Jesus came to bring the light of the Father. Wherever His presence arrives, it's like standing on that mountaintop looking out at the darkest of the dark night, but there is a moment of twilight. There is a moment that comes of dawn before the breaking of a new day. It's a glorious sunrise. See, His presence brings the end of night. We have the opportunity for a new dawn in our lives because Jesus came 2,000 years ago. Just like to encourage us tonight that there's a hope for a new dawn in your life. You know, the newborn brought a new dawn. For those who dwell in darkness, dawn has broken. Are you thankful that dawn has broken in the person of Jesus Christ? Pastor has been talking to us about the importance of the presence of Jesus. You know, whenever the presence of Jesus shows up, it brings the end to the night. How many of you know that that darkness can't stop the dawn? In your life tonight, darkness cannot stop the dawn. For Zebulun and Naphtali and all of the bondage and all of the brokenness and all of the aloneness and all of the shame and all of the separation, there was coming an answer. There was coming a new day. And Isaiah prophesied that there's a new dawn. And I love that Jesus went there because He knew of the need that was there and He knew that He was the only one who could turn it around. The darkness can't stop the dawn. How many of you know darkness can't resist the dawn? The only thing that darkness can do is flee from the dawn. How many of you know when light shows up, darkness disappears? There may be dark areas in in your life or in relationships or family, areas of our lives that... But if we'll open those areas of our lives, trust the One who brings the light of the Father. There can be the dawning of a new day. As we believe the Lord during this season that God wants to do new things in our life.
No, because here's the thing about it. There's always a dawn. How many of you know that? There's always a dawn. Sometimes we can't see it. Maybe sometimes it's obstructed. Maybe sometimes there's things in the way. Maybe it's lies and maybe it's doubt and maybe it's the voice of the enemy. But the word tonight is there's always a dawn because Jesus came. Because Jesus is here and because His presence is available to us, there's always a dawn. John eight twelve says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus promised us that we don't have to walk in darkness because He is light. In Malachi 4.2, the Scripture says, But to you who fear My name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in His wings. Do you believe that the Son of Righteousness wants to arise over our lives, to arise in this season over our church, to arise in this season over our community? That the Son of Righteousness will arise? And how many of you know when He arises, He brings something with Him? He says in this verse that He'll arise in our lives with healing in, our, in His wings. Healing for our relationship. can run against a troop and by my God I can leap over a wall. How many of you know that He comes to enlighten our darkness and when His presence shows up and we can leap over a wall. That was David's way of saying there's nothing impossible with our God. There's no darkness that's too dark that the dawn of Jesus can't bring a new day. Luke 1.78 says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise, or the Messiah, from on high will dawn and visit us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. In this season, the light's available to bring a new dawn. And that new dawn brings to us what we need. It says here that it brings peace. How many of you need the peace of God in this season? 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful that it's God that causes light to shine in dark places? How many of you not only is the light come for us to receive from it, but how many of you know that we receive the light so we can carry it to others? As I close right here, I just want to remind us, I just want to bring our attention back to two things during this season. The dawning of the new day in our life is available through the person and the presence of Jesus Christ. 
If we go after Him instead of going after the other things, how many of you know we'll encounter the light? And when we encounter the light, there comes a new day. And that new day brings into our life what we need. And it deposits within us healing. It deposits within us direction. It deposits within us peace. It deposits within us the things that we need. Power and grace. But then when we get it, how many of you know we're not only only to experience and enjoy the dawn, but we're supposed to become dawn carriers? How many of you are a dawn carrier tonight? We carry the light. We've seen it. But there's a lot of people around us who can't see the dawn. Even though there's a dawn available, they can't see it. It's obstructed. Maybe by the lies of the enemy or the bondage that they're in or the life experience that they've, experiences that they've had. The dawn is available, but the dawn can't see it. But God's call us to, caused, caused us and called us to be dawn carriers on His behalf in the earth. Listen, Ephesians 5.8. Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you. Because of your union with Him, your mission is to live as children flooded with His revelation light. Let me read that to you again. It says, once your life was full of sin's darkness. Let's just see if we can break this down. How many of you would agree with that? Once your life, once my life was full of sin's darkness and the bondage of the enemy. Once we lived in bondage like Zebulun and Naphtali. But now we have the very light of the Lord shining through us because of our union and our relationship and our proximity to Him and to His presence. And your mission and now is to live as children flooded with His revelation life. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. Everybody put your hands on your chest. Close your eyes and just say, I'm a chosen people. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm the beloved of God. A chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm part of a holy nation because Jesus came in that manger and because a new day has dawned. I'm God's very own possession. And the scripture says, as a result, we can show others the goodness of God. For He has called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Are you thankful that He invited us out of darkness and into light. You know, going on that little hike up Mount Sinai that night, when we started off, it was cold and it was dark and we had to wear headlamps and the trek up there was hard and it was made harder by the fact that I we couldn't see where you were going. There were steps to take that you had never taken before and it was a very difficult climb but how many of you know that when the light comes up things get a lot easier when the light comes up you can handle things a lot better Isaiah 60 verse 1 says this arise and shine arise in this season I prophesied over you I'm not a prophet but I'm that's declaring it arise and shine in this season, for your light has come. Arise and shine, for your light has come.
has come. Arise and shine for your light has come. The Amplified says arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Arise and shine. Be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord for our light has come and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon us. Why did Jesus come? He came to bring the dawn of a new day for you and I. He came to bring the light of His Father into the earth and to make all things new. Close your eyes right there where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. This is our closing prayer. I don't know what's going on in your life tonight, but if you're human and you're breathing, everything in your life isn't perfect. There's ups and downs in life. But let me just tell you this. I felt like what the Lord said was this. That this is a season to talk less about darkness and to talk more about light. This is a season to talk less about darkness and more about light. This is a season to focus less on the enemy and more on the the victorious name of Jesus who's conquered our enemy. In your life, we take we will take our eyes off the problem and we will put them on, on the problem solver. That this is a season that we lift up the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We set our eyes on Him. We run after Him. We talk about Him. We talk about the dawning of the new day. You may not see it yet, but you can't stop the dawn. You can't stop the dawn. Jesus is on the way. Father, whatever's going on in, in everyone's lives, God, we just come. Just open your hands if you got something you want to surrender to Him. That you're, you want it to, to go from darkness to light. And maybe tonight there's been a lot of talk about what's wrong and what's not right and what hasn't changed and how the enemy is fighting this and the enemy is fighting that. Tonight let's surrender it to God and let's talk about what God has done and what God is doing and what God is going to do and let's set our eyes on Him and let's believe Him. And we say that a new day is dawning. That a new day is dawning and He's taking us out of darkness and He's taking us into light. Just receive from the Lord right now. New hope, new grace, new strength. New vision, new vision. God, that our mouth would line up with your mouth. God, our eyes would see what you see. God, that our faith would intersect your presence. And it makes all things new. Everybody prophesy over yourself. Say, a new day is dawning. A new day is dawning. Jesus came to bring the dawning of a new day. You say amen. So this season, receive what God has in store for you and for your family, for those that you love, for the future that He's promised you. Let's let's get out of the Let's get out of the darkness with our thoughts and with our mouth and with our meditation. Let's get over into the light of His love and His goodness. And then let's remember that as we go throughout these holidays that there's people all around us who can't see the dawn. They don't know what the dawn looks like. They don't know what it looks like to be able to look out and see what God is doing. But we can help them see we can help them know that there's a future and that there's a hope. We can let them know that they are loved by God. That there's a God who knows their name. He can wipe away their shame. He can resurrect their life. 
He can give them a new beginning. He can take them out of darkness and He can show them what a new dawn looks like. Can you say amen? So it's a new season for a new dawn. And we know about it because Jesus came and His presence is with us. Well, I hope you could hear me over the hot chocolate and the heaters in your car. Stephen told me tonight it was, his, his keyboard may sound a little funny because he was going to be playing with gloves, but I don't see those gloves on. It sounded really good. So thank you for being here tonight. We love you so much. God bless you. Have a great, great week. And let's be dawn carriers wherever God takes us this week for his glory. God bless you.